Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all, I am here today with Kara Harms, the founder of Whimsy Soul. Whimsy Soul is a body positive and travel blog that's more than just a pretty picture on Instagram. Kara creates attainable and practical content that empowers the Whimsy Soul tribe to live a life that's anything but mediocre. And she has had major partnerships, including campaigns with Starbucks and Chase that are coming up. So Kara's really making her imprint in the influencer world, and I'm excited to have her here. So, hey, Kara. Hi. I love that intro. It makes me feel really amazing. You'd be a great <laughs> wing woman. <laughs> I'll just send it to you, and you can pull it up on the screen of your Perfect. phone when you need it. Just pull it out. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Of course. So, I like to kick off these episodes with a little this or that. So, if you're down, we can get started with that. Yes, definitely. Cool. Okay. Are you an early riser or a night owl? Oh, early bird for sure. I'm up at 7 a.m. every single day. Without an alarm? Usually without an alarm. My body just just does it. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Have you always been like that? Uh, well, I, I went through the typical sleeping in until noon when, as I, when I was a teenager, right, but ever yeah. since being an adult, it's been early. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I like it. I wish I had that gift. <laughs> Um, tea or coffee? Uh, both, but I usually drink coffee every morning and then teas for the afternoon. Okay. Are you uh, like a black coffee drinker, latte drinker? What's your... Oh, straight black coffee. Sometimes I'll have milk in it, but I really like that burn of the black Same. coffee. Same. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh, me too. <laughs> yes, it's best. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real deal. It's the real deal. I feel like I feel that jolt right away in the morning. It really wakes me up. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes a latte is too much of like a like a treat and it, it does the yes. opposite. It just like puts me back to sleep. <laughs> Exactly. It's great for the afternoon, you know, or when you're in a coffee shop. And that morning, I need that caffeine hit. Even though I woke up early, I still need the caffeine right away. Yeah. Podcasts or books? Honestly, both. Um, I listen to a lot of audiobooks when we're road tripping. That's our thing. My husband and I will find an audiobook and we'll go through the whole series. So on our honeymoon, we did the Harry Potter series. But I also um, really love podcasts for when I'm commuting around the city or I'm getting work done around the house. So I'm, I'm both. Nice. Colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe? Oh, I have a closet of color. It looks like a rainbow <laughs> threw up in here. It's great. <laughs> Mimosa or Bloody Mary? Oh, mimosas. I really don't like Bloody Marys, so I'm all about that champagne and orange juice. Yeah, okay, so this question is funny because I thought in my head when I came up with it, like, oh, like, it'll always be, like, 50-50. Only one person has ever said Bloody Mary. Really? <laughs> yeah, which, I, you know, like, that kind of surprised me. Like, I mean, a mimosa is delicious, but still, like, Bloody Mary is, like, a staple on menus, so you'd think that... Right, but Most now that you mention like it, it, I don't think I've ever had a friend actually order it at brunch before, so I don't think I've seen anyone drink it in that's real life. That's Yeah, I don't know. Tomato juice is not my thing. Right, that's the thing. That's so funny. Um, takeout or cooking? Cooking. We love to cook over here. We rarely go out to eat unless we're traveling. We're little cookers. What's your, like, signature recipe? Um, I make homemade pizza every Friday night Ooh, uh, really? from scratch, like <gasps> totally from scratch. So that's my thing. I've, I'm perfecting it. I've gotten the sauce and the crust down really well. I do a stuffed crust and everything. So that's Stop my it. thing. Yeah. Oh my god. Every Friday. <laughs> what, what's the next one coming up? Like, what are you going to, what are the toppings? Uh, usually it's whatever's in our fridge, but we get oh, imperfect produce, uh, boxes, which is like, um, less pretty vegetables that this company sells back to you for a really discounted price. So we get a box every week. So we just got a box of like peppers. So I'm definitely going to put mm. peppers on it and some mushrooms from that box as well. I love that. And I love that like you just use what's in the fridge. Yes. It makes yeah. perfect sense. It's a good oh way to gosh. sneak in vegetables because my husband isn't like the biggest fan of vegetables, <laughs> but he'll eat them if they're on pizzas. 
Totally. <laughs> I'll eat anything if it comes on cheese and bread. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, so now let's dive into more of the business side of things. So let's talk about Whimsy Soul and really how this even came to be. Like, let's start from like when you just first put the idea on paper. What did that look like for you? Yeah, um, well, I'll start at the beginning. We had just moved to San Francisco. We, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, we're both from the Midwest. We, My husband and I both grew up in Wisconsin, and I went to school in Minnesota, but it was really, really cold, so we moved out to California, and we didn't have any jobs. This was right out of college, so our apartment was very empty. We were sleeping on a futon mat, and I was looking for uh, jobs, and at that time, I thought I wanted to work in social media for an ad agency or a big startup company, and my biggest challenge was no one wants to hire you for social unless you have built your own community Mm -hmm. to prove that you could do it. So I was sitting there, and I was looking through Instagram, and it clicked. I was like, okay, what if I build a blog? Um, and for the first few weeks to a few months, that's really like how I approached Mincy Souls. Like, I'm going to put all of my expertise in and companies are going to hire me. And it worked. I ended up being able to find a job because I could be like, look, I know how to build something on Instagram. And it worked. <laughs> but um, very, very quickly within just a few months, I really fell in love with it. And I loved um, building a community and talking to women every day and kind of representing that missing part of the fashion blogging industry, which mm-hmm. is just like a really average woman just being herself, like showing how you can style things when you're not a size two and uh, helping people travel better. So it really quickly became something that I loved and uh, super thrilled last summer when I was able to stop working for other people and work on Whimsy Soul full time. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you set out to create Whimsy Soul, did you start with it just being fashion in mind or just travel in mind or did was it always a mesh between the two? Kind of always a mess, uh, mesh, more like how fashion meets travel. I am such okay. a little travel blog bug. I uh, mm. have been to four of the seven world wonders, and I love traveling, so I always knew that would be a backdrop. I definitely approached it more as uh, the fun places I was traveling to would be the backdrop for the dress that maybe I was sharing, but over time, yeah. it's definitely evolved into this whole other travel section where we create these really comprehensive travel guides for people as well. I love how you say that the travel was like the backdrop because it was like you're make, you're putting these two worlds that you're so passionate about together, but it's not like you, someone's confused, like, okay, is she a travel blogger or is she a fashion blogger? I can't tell. And instead, like, you layered them together because I meet a lot of new bloggers and they have like 20 different interests and they just don't want to narrow it down. But sometimes it's just a matter of like how you layer it. It is. Yeah, I would say that was a big struggle for us. And it still is a a struggle. Like when we want to do stuff about home decor, how do we layer Mm -hmm. that into Mm -hmm. the Whimsy Soul brand? So yeah, I like that. It's like, it's like a cake. Yeah. Yum. (laughs) Now I want cake. So when you do kind of have those check-in moments, like you have an interior design piece that you want to do, how do you kind of check in with yourself to make sure, okay, is this on brand? Because like, again, this is a business. It's not like it's just like this haphazard thing that you put together. So what's kind of that check-in to make sure, okay, like this is relevant to my audience. This is what they'd enjoy seeing and it fits the brand. Uh, that's a great question. And honestly, I lean on my husband, Robin, a lot. He is uh, he started out as my photographer, but now mm. he just works full time with me, which is nice. So we will talk about those things. Uh, we'll have little meetings. We'll bring coffee and we'll <laughs> talk about like how this would look and um, if we think it's something we should do. But I also I ask my community and I start sharing things a little bit here and there to see if people like it and respond to it. Um, I think maybe a better case study to talk about is beauty. We've mm-hmm. just started doing more beauty things a few months ago because I personally have been getting more into skincare. And uh, just after sharing a few stories about some face masks, the response from our community was overwhelming. Like they were very into it and very, they had a lot to say and they had a lot that they wanted to learn from us about beauty. So uh, we've kind of been using Instagram stories a lot as doing a little test here and there to see how people respond. So when it came to home decor, uh, people are really into 
the things that we were decorating our house with, especially in our bathroom. So we realized maybe people do want to see more of this. So it's really just checking in with our community after we check in with ourselves. I love that. So here's a question that's kind of business strategy based. So let's say you're really getting excited about skincare and you test it on Instagram stories and like your audience just doesn't care. So what would, as a business owner, what's the strategy there? It's something that you love, you're excited to talk about it, but at the same time, your community doesn't. So what's the move? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think you have to decide why you want to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. for me, when I approach things, there's some things I post on Instagram or the blog that's totally just for me. You know, like I had a lot of fun creating that photo and I think it's nice. And some things I post, I know aren't going to get a lot of likes on Instagram, but I really like it. So I posted for me, but on the flip side, uh, especially when you're a blogger and you are making money by brands coming to work with you. And that only works if your audience likes what you're sharing with them. You mm-hmm. do have to like suck it up and be like, okay, I really like XYZ, but my community doesn't care about that. So let me focus on like M and N because that works better. So I think you really have to have that like heart to heart with yourself and know that you can share that personally and you can still live it. You can still make those smoothies, but you don't have to share smoothie recipes and you just have to cut it out. Right. I love that. Just be honest with yourself and be honest with your business. And, you know, sometimes you do have to wear that business hat on more than the creative hat. And that's okay. It is great, yeah. Because at the end of the day, this is still like something that's totally a creation and reflection of you. So, I mean, that's that's exciting in and of itself. I love that you say that. Yeah, because blogging really is it's you're putting yourself into a brand and that can be really hard sometimes because Mm -hmm. humans have so many, so many layers and it's picking what layers you want. Whimsy Soul, when we first started, I was doing some recipe creations and things that don't exist anymore um, (laughs) because it just wasn't working out, you know, and we still love to cook. As we mentioned in the Q&A, we cook all the time, but that part of my life just wasn't clicking with our business and um, I cut it. So it's fine. I've moved on. Yeah, and you still get to enjoy your pizza. And I still get to cook for myself. That's great. (laughs) It's a win-win. So I really love how right from the beginning when you go to your blog, you know right away you're getting more than the curation of the pretty photos. Because I think – so here's – there's a piece to the influencer blogging world now where our phones are getting fancier and Mm. they can take better pictures. And so it's just – easy to put not easy but it's easier than it was five ten years ago to put together a really pretty picture so to speak and so that in itself is kind of saturated but if you can have more of a why and a purpose that goes behind the content and yes it's showcased in the picture but also in the content I think that's what's kind of standing out right now in this blogger influencer world. So how important was it for you to make sure that you really had the heartfelt content in addition to the photos that, you know, catch someone's eye? Yeah, well, thank you for that. Thank you for saying that. It means it's working. We're doing something right. Um, Well, I have, uh, I worked in Silicon Valley for a few years as working in social and content marketing professionally. So I definitely uh, came at our business strategy with that under our belt. And we were very conscious of wanting to make sure almost everything was actually helpful because I'm very against making something just to add noise to the world. I want it to be either inspiring or uh, helpful for someone. So we kind of definitely have been focusing on that. And we'll still do some fluff pieces here and there because fluff is fun. But uh, we understand that to stand the test of time for Whimsy Soul, that it needs to provide value to people um, and we want people to come back every single week you know to see what else they can get from us it's a very it's a very giving industry you have to give and you give and you give um, in order to be successful so I think that's a we're very conscious of it I love that what do you think is the biggest mistake that a new blogger makes in terms of making sure that they're creating something that's going to stand out instead of just create noise I think it's really, again, having the heart to heart and figuring out what makes you unique. I definitely went through this too, where you see 
all these images by bloggers and then you try to copy those images and they're always going to do it better than you are because they're them and that's the skill that they've mastered and for the longest time I was testing out you know like I was gonna I did a lot of flat lays for a while and now you've noticed we barely ever do flat lays because I'm not good at them but I used to think that's how you had to do it to be a good blogger was do those magical flat lays and I suck at them I am not good at them they um, stress me out so they much. stress they do they're hard they're very hard um I have a friend who is just very good at them and when we go out for eating she'll just like push a few things and suddenly it's magical and like how did you make that happen I, yeah it's an art um, it's an art and we're not good at it and no. for the longest time I was trying to make that work and it wasn't and really when we started to put the blinders on and I still look at other blogs that I find inspiring but less of to be like I'm going to copy that image and that's how it's going to make me great it's we just do what we're good at and I think that really helps you have to you have to really figure out what you're good at and make more of that because other people aren't going to be good at that and that is how you you stand out I love that it's so true it's you know as cliche as it sounds, it's like really about being your authentic self. Oh, the media. word authentic, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like so cliche, but it at is, the same yeah. time, like if if you go to certain hashtags, I feel like you could scroll and it's like every other picture is literally the exact same thing. Yes, it's exactly. insane. And so if someone's on a hashtag looking for someone new to follow they're just going to keep scrolling through if your picture looks like everyone else's. Right. Like what nowadays it's really hard to get someone to click that follow button. Mm -hmm. Even just two or three years ago, it was way, way easier. And especially when Instagram was first born, everyone was just following like their Oprah and they're like, you get a follow, you get a follow. (laughs) But now it's like very, people hold it close. And I find myself only following people if they're very like, their feed jumps out to me in a very unique way. So they've mm-hmm. really honed in. And yes, the word authentic is totally a buzzword. We use it a lot, though. But it gets the job done. So you just have to figure right. out what, yeah. what makes you unique. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. It's hard. It's a lot of soul searching and a lot of like figuring out and being honest with yourself about what you're good at creatively and what you're not good at and knowing, <laughs> knowing that it's okay. You don't have to be good at everything. Totally. How do you allow yourself to, you know, grow as an individual while still maintaining a brand that's based on you? Oh, man, that's a that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> is I know, it's a Friday. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just deep. We're getting real here. Um, I don't know. For us, I guess recently I've been trying really hard to have like office hours and digital detoxing for a time to really just shut off the screens and not even look at Instagram so I can focus on me. And it's been so helpful. It's been so nice. Um, And I think it's really when you are a blogger and your entire life is what you're putting on social and especially with stories now, like I can record all hours of the day and share with people instantly. It's really important to have those boundaries so you can take that time to really figure out yourself offline. That's so true. And to not get burnt out either, because this is an industry and it's such a fascinating industry to me because it's one of those, like, from the outside, it looks a certain way and (laughs) on the inside, it's a certain way. I used to work in the fashion industry as an assistant buyer. So, like, to me, it's the same thing. Like, everyone thinks, like, oh, "Oh, working for Neiman Marcus is, like, the most glamorous thing in the world. I'm like, I... I had days where I never even saw a piece of clothes because, like you said, I was on spreadsheets yes. all day. <laughs> so the blogging industry to me is very similar in that people just see the trips. They see the outfits. But what they don't see is, like, that behind the scenes where because it's something that's, like, our own creation that we're really passionate about, we love it. And so, of course, we could be working on it till 3 a.m. because we love it so much. And yes. it's also – there's so many moving parts to it, too, that – it can't get you to 3 a.m. So that being said, it can lead to burnout tendencies. So I love that you do that. Yeah. So that you can really keep it as something that you love and enjoy and well, not resent. Exactly. Because I was starting to feel some burnout earlier this year because we launched into 2018 with a lot of really fun campaigns and trips. And 
I got this point where I was working like 14 hours a day just to catch up because it's just me and my husband. We don't have a team of like people behind us. And yeah, I was feeling burnt out and I was like, this needs to stop. Like I need to start putting on some boundaries again because I'm a little bit of a workaholic and I get up at seven and I have a tendency to keep working until eight o'clock at night. And that's not healthy. (laughs) It's not. So I'm working on that. But it's, yeah. But I think like, a lot of us can relate to that where, I mean, we're just going, 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 but it's not sustainable at the end of the day. And what's so funny is that so many people will start their own business to escape like the <laughs> corporate hours. Yeah. And it's like you actually work more. <laughs> right. I think there's a quote somewhere. It's something like entrepreneurs are the only people who will, who will quit a 40 hour day job to work 80 hours a week. And it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, it's so So did this kind of propel um, the decision for your husband to come on the team or was that always the goal? How did that work out? It's kind of always my goal. I think he's just realized that it was a thing recently. Um, He was a sweet baby angel and helped with photos from day one. Um, I I used to do wedding photography for like eight years, so I kind of trained him. Uh, So we had all the gear where I was like, I can't take photos of myself. So he's been really on board with photos from day one but um you know the more we traveled the more he got roped along and the more projects we had the more time we just needed with him um so yeah he just put in his like two weeks and he's finishing his final uh semester of school in a couple of weeks and it kind of all just fell into this really great time where I could snap him up before he found a job in an office and be like you're mine now (laughs) haha um so yeah it's definitely has always been I've always hoped that it would work out like this because it's really fun working with him and um, I need him for the business. Totally. So what has it been like to start to delegate more and go from like you doing everything to having someone who actually can take on the other work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, It was a little hard at first because I don't want to say I'm a control freak, but I like (laughs) to know how things are done. And uh, for him, especially, he's learning all these skills like fresh. Um, so it was like a learning curve there, but it's really nice now to be able to be like, all right, Robin, like, here you go here, do Pinterest. So he does like Pinterest for us and make sure that's gets distributed. He does like all the SEO and he does a lot of other backend stuff. And it's been really nice to be like, oh my God, I don't have to spend two hours doing that today. I can just give this to someone else. It's been, it's been really nice. I feel like I've been able to get more done, uh, on like front end stuff and feel more, energized and creative because I'm not worrying about all the little nuances that go into a blog. I have someone else to worry about it with me. That's so true because yeah, there's so many moving parts and it's like you do need space to create. And so if you're just like doing every little tiny thing, then there's less space for that creativity and for the content, which is what your audience is really like showing up for. Exactly. So that's really cool. And that's really exciting and to see like what can evolve even from there now that it's like the two of y'all have both your hands in it to spread it out. Yeah, I'm really excited. We're kind of kicking it off by spending almost an entire month traveling. Uh, so we'll see We'll see what evolves from it after that. But I'm excited. It'll be nice. That's awesome. Where are y'all going to be traveling to? Uh, well, we're going glamping in NorCal soon. We're going nice. to New Orleans. We're going to Florida. Uh, we're going to Santa Barbara. We have a lot of a lot of things in the works that I'm super oh excited gosh. about. I love it. That's so exciting. So one of the most common questions that I hear, especially for when um, you know really established bloggers come on, is what can you attribute to your community growth? Hmm. Uh, like. Do you mean how did I scale so fast or like how did I build a community? Well, yeah, like how did you, is there one thing or a couple of things that really like were the catalyst for you being able to have a community that actually like engages with you uh, rather than just having a ton of followers? Yeah, you know, I think Instagram stories is probably the biggest blessing in that. I jumped on it right away and I I think some people at that point when Instagram stories first launched, what, like two three years ago, two and a half years ago, they were trying to make it very pristine. You know, they're like on Mm -hmm. Snapchat will be raw and real Instagram stories is going to look just like my feed. And I went the opposite. I started 
you know, talking to people without any makeup on in my PJs, like <laughs> when I'm two glasses of wine deep and my cat has fur all over myself. And people, I found like people were like really refreshed to see that. Yeah. And um, now it's my direct line to my community. If I have any question about anything, whether it's like, what's your favorite sunscreen you want to recommend or anything, I can just hop on there and it's my direct line of communication to them. And I feel like they know that too. Uh, I try to respond to every single DM that I get and like really have conversations with people. And that's really fueled by stories. And I make it an effort to show our real life um, because like, we're just normal, we're just normal people. Like we put our lives out on the internet, but you know, Mm -hmm. we live in a tiny studio and like, it's just, you know, we have a cat and we're very normal. So I think having a way to show that, like a tool in the platform to do that, it's it really helped us. And I noticed tremendously after a few months of doing that, that I felt my community better. Like I felt their presence more because I had that line of communication with them. I love that. I agree. Instagram stories has been really powerful for that. And because I think a feed can make everything look so perfect And the stories just make it so relatable where you can feel like you're actually best friends with that person. And then because of that, you feel comfortable enough to DM them. Exactly. And I love that. Yeah. I feel like um, as someone who like is in people's audiences on that side of things, I've been most comfortable DMing someone a question when there's someone who I watched their Instagram stories where I don't think I've ever private messaged like to ask a question or a follow-up to their post if it was just based on their actual picture in their feed. You know, now that you mentioned it, I don't think so either because I've sent off like, even if it's just replies to a story, story like, that mm-hmm. hat is so cute or something. I think I've yeah. only done that to the people that are a little more, they're talking to you now that you mention it. Yeah. Where do you think like Instagram's stories is going to go like do you think it's going to have more weight eventually than the Instagram feed I know this is like a million dollar hypothetical question oh totally that's just like what's going through my head right now I'm like at some point like people are ours do see the power of stories over the feed so what's going to happen oh totally oh I have so many thoughts on this okay Uh, I guess I have I have waited I we we have talked about this internally a lot because um I'm kind of a nerd about that stuff uh so I really think that stories are quickly taking over the feed because um, like it's that personal connection. And I notice I take the bus and the train a lot places Mm -hmm. um, in the city and I'll sit there and everyone will be on their phones. I can look over their shoulders and the majority of them aren't looking at the feed. They're just scrolling through stories like Mm -hmm. over and over and they're watching stories and they're swiping through those. And that's when it really clicked to me as well that, well, stories are super powerful um, so on top of me being able to directly communicate with our, our tribe, I really think people are looking to stories more and more. So if you are listening and you haven't jumped on that bandwagon, get on it because everyone's doing it. They're just watching stories. Yes, so true. I just had a friend this morning. She's um, she's buying a new car. She bought her dream car and she's like, I feel like I should Instagram story this. And I was like, yeah, girl, do it people love like yeah. kind of just following you around and she's like but I feel so awkward how am I supposed to like talk to the camera I was like you just it's like just start walking and talking like, exactly yeah <laughs> then you don't even realize you just feel like you're walking with a friend and then you just gotta rip off that band-aid and every time it's less and less awkward <laughs> oh that's a really good way of saying it yeah it's really ripping off a band-aid like pretend like you're talking to your mom facetiming and yes. in 10 tries, you'll forget that you're not talking to your mom. <laughs> you're just, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What are your favorite things to uh, do on Instagram stories? Is it just like popping in and talking? Is it showing something that you're doing? What do you love using stories for? Oh, man. I think my cat is really cute. So he shows up <laughs> on my stories a lot. Um, he just celebrated his 19th birthday. I've had him for 19 years. So he's my no my baby way. child. Um, oh, my god. So he probably is on there a little more than people want to see but whatever uh (laughs) other than that I really like to just talk sometimes I'll go on little rants but I just really like to talk to people and when I have like a new post or something like I like to just be like hey I have a new post instead of texting that out and typing it out but yeah I just I just like to show my like my real life moments and what I'm up to that day I love that what are your thoughts on Instagram stories first Instagram live Oh, um, I've tried lives and I'm trying to do more lives, but they're kind of hard. But I have a friend who 
described how to use lives in the most perfect way. She approaches them as a really long Instagram story. So I think a lot oh, okay. of us put pressure on like the live has to be like a Q and a or something really, really yeah. exciting, but she likes to approach it as, you know, if I'm going to share more than five frames from something, I might as well just do a live. And I was like, that's great. So oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, that's perfect. So I've been trying to do that more. Like I visited the color factory here in San Francisco a few nights mm-hmm. ago and I did a live there. Cause I was like, wait, I have like 17 stories in here. I might yeah. as well just make it alive. Uh, so I think that's um, how that factors in. That's really good advice. And it warms your audience up to the fact that you're going live. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that like if your audience isn't used to something, like the first time you do it isn't always going to be like, oh, yes, everyone popped in because they need some warming up. They Maybe they don't even know why they should, you know click on live exactly I usually ignore lives from people actually (laughs) because I don't think people are using them the best properly yeah it's usually in like really boring situations or yes something and it's a little hard because you have like two seconds to capture them otherwise you're gonna swipe away but I find a lot of people watch the lives after the fact maybe only like 50 will tune in but you know 500 will watch it later so that's always good to remember too (laughs) that that is a really good point because, I mean, it is kind of a commitment as someone who's, like, popping on Instagram, like, because they're on their lunch break, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to, like, commit to watching someone live right now. Whereas right. if it's the recording, then it's like, okay, like, if I'm not interested, I can just keep swiping. Don't you also hate when you're the only one watching the live and your name's uh, up there and you're like, oh, darn it. They can I, all cl- see me. I close out of it fast. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> don't, I don't want that pressure. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't want to be the only one watching this right now. It's funny how that works. So, yeah, I don't know how Instagram's going to, like, make that barrier to entry or entry easier for people mm-hmm. because I think there's still some problems with it. But I definitely see the purpose of them sometimes. Yeah, totally. So, for me, I actually love Facebook Live. But hmm. I think – so, I have a Facebook group, and so I'll do them there. Oh, there but I go. think it's because, like, my audience – they're used to that whereas and so if they're used to seeing me live in the Facebook group like that makes sense to them but when I'm on Instagram live I don't there's of course like a lot of people who are just following me on Instagram and not in my group and so those people they're just not familiar with it that makes sense I should try some Facebook lives I should do that yeah I really like them I think I mean of course at the end of the day it's like your audience but for some reason I've just always gravitated so much more to Facebook live I think maybe it's because when I'm on Facebook, I'm on a desktop, you know, with headphones usually. So it's a little easier to, you know, not feel as committed. You can open up another browser window if you're like not really liking it, but still exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to try some of those. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Play around with it. Let me know. So what are you really doing to keep the blog traffic coming as well? Because I think that a lot of us, you know, Instagram's kind of like, again, like that glamour piece to being a blogger. But at the end of the day, being a blogger, like if you if like you truly have a blog and you're not just an Instagram influencer, like there is the component of your actual blog that lives on the Internet on a Web page. So a lot of people will say that's dead. Personally, Mm -hmm. I don't. And I actually between you and me, I think it's about to make a comeback because it's it's already Instagram's peak. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's like literally anything else. It's like jean skirts. Like, everyone's going to get so sick of them because they peaked. And, well, they did peak. Everyone got sick of them. And now they're coming back. So, like, it's like anything else. So what do you do to, like, maintain your presence there? Um, I definitely think the blog is coming back. People thought newsletters were dead and they're coming back. Yeah, yeah, so true. Long-form content is never going to die. Uh, We we focus a lot on page views and trying to make sure that the blog isn't, like, isn't thrown to the side. And we always like to approach it where the blog is the backbone and we just happen to have an Instagram because we have a blog, you know? Mm -hmm. We don't like to do it the other way. We have a blog because we have an Instagram. So... Um, a lot of this has like shout out to Robin. He, you know, has been taking a lot of SEO courses so we can optimize all of our pages. And we really rely on Pinterest to um, drive a lot of new users who then become mm-hmm. returning users. And we make it as easy as possible to discover our content and to optimize the website so you can poke around it. 
a mm-hmm. lot. And I think that's a really important thing. I think it's daunting to a lot of people. They're like, SEO, what buzzword? That sounds yeah. scary. But um, <laughs> it's just, it's just logic. And it's very, yeah. it's very, it's so important. And even when creating our content, we try really hard to, again, as you mentioned, making things that are helpful for people, but things that are evergreen. So for people yeah. who don't know what that means, it's just something that can live forever so like a travel guide to Seattle can probably live for five to ten years until those stores Mm -hmm. stop being out of business that you talked about um and that's an evergreen piece which is much much more valuable to the internet and for people and yeah I think it's just making the right content and making sure it can be found is a something we're always focused on because we don't plan on whimsysoul.com going away anytime soon yeah and Again, like, I like how you mentioned the SEO piece and that it doesn't have to be scary. Like, it, you know, like, I mean, it's not, like, the most fun thing in the world for me. But when I sat down and, like, actually, like, I took a course to, like, get it. And it's like, okay, this actually makes sense. Like, yeah, what are keywords? How how does someone try to find something on the internet if they're trying to find an answer to something? Chances are they're not searching for, like, the most creative artsy title that you right. think of. Yes, the titles. Once I got, I always wanted to have, you know, creative titles and I had to get over that, you know, like I had a heart to heart and be like, wait, no, it's bad. And now we have more functional titles because they work better. Right. Yeah. And it really excites me that the blog piece, like the actual true blog is here to stay because that's what I fell in love with, like, back in, like, 2009, when I was, I mean, it was blogger, it was literally that <gasps> blogger, blogger. Yes. <laughs> and I just, I mean, so I like the techie stuff, so I think that's why I came into the blogging world, is because I, I like being an early adopter of technology, and I also like style, and so it was kind of, like, all of a sudden, as a college student, like, oh, I have time to play around with this and, like, get nerdy but still, yeah. like, post cute pictures, you know? But, yeah, I just love that whole, like, tech piece of it that, you know, Instagram isn't – you post a picture and it's pretty much done for you. I Whereas agree. there's just so much behind the scenes that, to me, I nerd out on when I, it comes to the blog. I'm the same way. I was that girl – whose MySpace page had all the cool features because I took the time to yeah. learn HTML. Yes! And, like, oh, my gosh! So I, that's yeah. how I, like, was intro to it, honestly. So thank you, yeah. MySpace. Um, and yeah. then I realized, oh, it's actually really easy and it's fun and nerdy to figure out, like, how to put your banner there and how to, like, get that UX format. It's just very fun. So I nerd out on it as well. Yeah. I remember, for me, it was Zanga. Oh, and it Zanga. was Zanga. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I'm in the 90s again. Um. So... My friend, I think this is a few years ago, we were do- joking about it. She's like, you know what? I don't think I ever deleted mine. I'm going to see if it's there. Is it and still there? And she found it, and it was like every other post. My parents are so mean because I want to go see my boyfriend, and they think that homework's more important. <laughs> I think they were right. <laughs> she was like, thank goodness I used like some weird like XO like glitter party <laughs> like username and not my real name oh my goodness <laughs> I love that <laughs> so funny I think it was like surfer girl something I don't even know it was hilarious and I was like I'm so glad right now that this is li- live online for you and not for me <laughs> right she should go on the show mortified and read out all those posts oh my gosh well and I remember I was always creating new Zangas like I was like oh now I want this one to like be like have this theme and this username like (laughs) right because it's fun it's like putting all the branding together yeah yeah. I get it I get it (laughs) yeah it's so much fun so yeah so again like that piece of blogging I think is really cool and I also feel like it's where you can really be your own as a blogger and really stand out because again like on Instagram we're really constricted to their format their the way they have it laid out for us where you can make a website whatever you want it to be yes I think that's something that I've been trying to get some blogger friends to really embrace is that you don't own Instagram but you own your blog and it's your chance to make your mark and do whatever you want without algorithms or anything you can just it's 100% yours and I really I really like that 
Yeah, totally. And so you also mentioned newsletters. So how do you use your newsletters to really stay in touch with your audience in a way that goes beyond Instagram? We're like, we're trying some stuff out. I've just gotten back okay. in the habit of sending okay. one every Saturday morning. Sometimes I forget. Um, <laughs> but uh, for the longest time, I just didn't have one. I had one and I forgot to send things out and I hated having people subscribe and then not get anything. So yeah. I recently discovered the tool called ConvertKit, which has been Ooh, I love it. really, really nice. Yeah, it's nice. And it's helped me really fall in love with uh, newsletters. So I've been using that to send out just kind of one big recap um and you've used ConvertKit you know it's pretty bare bones there's no images Mm -hmm. but I just like to write a personal note and then link to what's happening that week and I find that our like people subscribe to it are super into that format and they'll take the time to click through it maybe not on Saturday it might be on Monday but they Mm -hmm. will read it and I think it's just a nice way to if people like getting newsletters they can get it they can learn about Whimsy Soul in that fashion it really helps our family, <laughs> like my mom and Robin's parents, who uh, think that that's the only way to get updates from Lucy Soul. <laughs> One time my mom was like, you don't, you don't blog anymore. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I don't get things in my inbox. I'm like, the blog is still existing, mom. You just have to type it into your browser. Um, and But it's really great for people who forget about your blog unless they get that newsletter. And it's just, uh, yeah, I love them. I think it's great. Everyone should have one. Totally. I agree. So did you have, or I mean, yeah, I'll ask it. When was that moment when you were like, oh my God, I did it. I made this career happen. Yeah. You know, I think I've had a lot of those moments happen in the past seven-ish months. So last summer I got laid off from my job and it was a few weeks, not a few, a few months before, um, I was getting married and I was like, whoa, like I'm not going to be able to find a job and then say, peace out, I'm going to take six yeah. weeks off. So I gave myself a deadline. I was like, I have until November to make this work. And then things just started lining up. It was really like the universe came together and we started getting more paid campaigns. And about three weeks after getting laid off, we got this great travel campaign where we were paid to travel. And it was just, it felt really nice being on that oh plane, gosh. being like, oh my God, like this is it's happening who cares yes. that I just got laid off because this is happening um but yeah every single time we've had a major win you know we sign a great brand like Starbucks or mm-hmm. we're able like we have a really great mo- mo- moment with a community member I'm always like okay this is working <laughs> it's working and yeah. it's happening and I don't think we'll ever stop feeling that way um I don't think I will at least because I still think it's really mind-blowing that women like myself can make just make something on the internet and then people come read it I'm never gonna like that's never gonna stop having that like shock to me so I think I'm always going to have those I'm making it moments even if I've already made it if that makes sense totally well and I think that we kind of are doing this in a cool time period where for us like we saw that like when we grew up this wasn't really a thing and so like we can really be like oh my gosh this is like still so cool whereas so um I during the winters I coach high school cheerleading Hmm. and they like this is just totally normal to them and almost something that they expect weird and I'm like yeah I I know (laughs) like they like them on social media is like they're already like trying to build their brands and like that's just that's awesome like good I know it's really good that's weird to think about (laughs) But yeah, like to them, they're just like, oh, cool. You're just just like anyone else that we follow. Whereas like for us, like if in high school someone said that this is what we'd be doing, we'd be like, oh, no, (laughs) that actually makes zero sense. Well, when I was in college, they barely even taught anything about social media. Like I was I studied advertising and they barely had any things about it. And so I had no idea that. Like, I had no idea that this path would exist, and it's it yeah. scaled very quickly. You know, it happened almost overnight. It did. So no one saw it coming. No, I said – so my degree was public relations and advertising with an emphasis in digital media. And, like, yeah, that was my emphasis, but Facebook groups didn't exist. Instagram didn't exist. Yeah, Instagram <laughs> didn't exist until my junior I'm year like, of college. Yeah. Like technically, I studied this, but not really. Same. It's weird. It changed so quickly. I actually remember 
I was uh, Instagram kind of came came alive junior year of college, and I was studying abroad in Italy of all the places, and people kept telling me you'd really like this new thing called Instagram, and I'm like, uh, Twitter's fine, I don't need Instagram, yeah. and I just think about that a lot for two reasons. Like one, I think it's so funny that fast forward five years from now, and it's like how I make my money, and two, yeah. I keep kicking myself. I'm like, if only I started a profile. I got at Kara. I, I was studying abroad. <laughs> that was in that moment where everyone was like opering follows I could have like you know photographed the Coliseum and every other photo I was like oh I could have done this faster but it's okay we're here now yeah oh my gosh it's so true okay we we're the same age then because junior year college like with Instagram I took two pictures on Instagram of like shoes and then like (laughs) didn't touch it for like another like year and a half because like there was it was just so Twitter heavy and I remember one of my PR classes yeah that class is called Twitter just about Twitter exactly yeah Oh my God. It was all Twitter and like all the ad agencies that I was applying to, they had you do those like stupid applications where you had to tweet out your application or something. Oh like my ad gosh. Yeah. It was all about Twitter, <laughs> nothing about Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Do you use Twitter today? We do. It's, it's a part, it's a channel we have. It's not a very like heavily active one. It's mostly just to like distribute blog posts and sometimes okay. I drink a little too much wine and I'll tweet something. But yeah, it's not <laughs> those I, are the best tweets. It's anyways, the best. So. <laughs> um especially for the bachelor, I will get like angry yes. and tweet things out. Uh it's not it's not my personal favorite to live on, so we don't do a lot on it just because I'm not like happy about Twitter. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well and it's one of those things like you can't put the pressure on yourself to be fully in in every form of social media exactly and you have to accept that yeah yeah oh my gosh I feel like we could talk about this forever I could I get really nerdy about it this can be seven (laughs) hours long I don't care I know okay so there's two questions that I always ask to wrap these episodes up and the first one is what was your morning routine like today oh yeah well as I mentioned I usually get up at 7 a.m every day and um, we live in a studio, so our TV is right by our, our bed. So <laughs> I will get up, brush my teeth, you know, wash my face. I'll come back with a cup of coffee. I'll grab my laptop and I'll just sit down in bed again. And my cat will come and cuddle with me. And I watch oh. Good Morning America. Usually I'll watch the Kelly and Ryan segment as well. And I'll use that chance to answer emails, you know, look at how last night's posted, check Google Analytics, just kind of do that warming up things sticking around a little bit on the internet and then usually by like 9 a.m. I'm taking brand calls or we're shooting or something but that's like how I like to warm up in the morning I like it slow with my cat in bed and coffee also I love that you watch Good Morning America while doing emails because I realize the (laughs) the busier that my business gets the less I know about what's going on in pop culture or in the news No, I and get I've been it, trying yeah. to figure out, like, okay, like, like I need to, like, know what's happening in the world. I cannot be this, like, person who has no idea who, like, I don't know, who's the next Kardashians. I don't even know. But I like, <laughs> I like the idea of, like, doing something like emails while getting, like, an understanding of, like, what's happening in the world. Yeah, I'm kind of an old lady like that. I like knowing what's happening. And, like, usually it's just fluff stuff that they talk about but sometimes it's important things and it's just nice yeah having in the background like you're gonna everyone needs some time to warm up to the day anyways and I just it all comes together nice I can like knock multiple birds out in one stone that way right because I'll like I'll go to CNN like once a day but that's so heavy you should so try BuzzFeed like in between yeah you're right the news section like that's actually yeah, it's on my homepage on my phone I'm on that every day looking at the news to see it's good. It's good. They have high quality news things. You can also have surveys to figure out what type of potato you are, but the news is pretty good as well. <laughs> so true. Well, I, I got a new phone and this is a total tangent, but I got a new <laughs> phone a few months ago and somehow the notifications that I get on my phone for news are just from the Food Network app. <laughs> <laughs> so breaking four news today i get Eat. notifications in my like news thing that's just from food now <laughs> i love that <laughs> like i literally what just came through and it says fridge cabinet or counter the best storage spots for food might surprise you oh my goodness i love that so you can tell me all the food updates and i can yeah. tell you everything else perfect perfect <laughs> okay so then the last question is what is your favorite lifestyle hack Ooh, so I'm not entirely sure what you mean by that. 
<laughs> okay, so it can literally be like any tip or trick you have up your sleeve about beauty, wellness, fashion, lifestyle, travel, business, anything. Ooh, well, like, yeah, I mean, I guess it'll go back to what I was saying earlier about self-care and when you're working a lot, especially if you're owning your own business, but even if you're working for someone else, turning that screen off is so important and having set hours has done wonders for me, like mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like my little hack. It's it's really hard to do this day and age, yeah. especially if teenagers are already branding themselves when they're 14. Like we're glued uh, to yeah. our screens and our online presence, but um, it just, it's not good for you, you guys. So it's, it worries me. It does. It worries me a little too, but you know, I get hunched over, you know, like it's bad for my body. My eyes are going bad, but then I'm just like, I find myself scrolling through Buzzfeed or just stupid sites or Facebook mm-hmm. for hours. And I'm like, that was, what did I do that? So mm-hmm. I try to, um, have times where set times where I'm offline. And that includes when I'm out taking the bus, like, I just see people on their phone the entire way and it kills me because I live in San Francisco. The city is so beautiful, Mm -hmm. which is why I like putting in a podcast and just watching the world around me and like having my phone away. So I would say that's like my biggest hack and advice is to love your screens, but put them away sometimes. I love that. That's amazing. Well, Kara, where can everyone find you? Great question. Uh, well, our blog is whimsysoul.com, and on social, we're at the Whimsy Soul on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube. There's a newsletter. All the, all your favorite outlets, you can find us. Amazing. And y'all do travel a lot for the blog, and so I know you mentioned you have a little special something for the listeners if they want to try out Airbnb. Oh, yes. We love Airbnb Airbnb for uh, like cute, unique places and cities. So uh, down below, I think you'll link uh, $40 mm-hmm. off yeah. your first day if you want to try it. We use it all the time. It's my favorite. So definitely, if you haven't jumped on the Airbnb train yet, get on it. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, Kara, thank you so much. This was so fun. I feel like we could have like a separate episode just on like talking tech. Yes. <laughs> I <would> love that. <laughs> I sometimes drink too much wine and go on rants with my friends. So I could totally Perfect. do that. We'll, we'll drink wine together virtually and just talk about the <laughs> nerdy sounds, things of blogging. That honestly sounds so much fun to me. I know. I know. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.